welcome to the Seeing Deep podcast, where we see deep in a shallow world by exploring our surrounding culture through a biblical lens. Have you become discouraged and feel there is no way to restore your hope again? Well, tune in because this month we are talking about restoring our hearts, hoping again in a hopeless world. The scripture for this week's episode is taken from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know what I have planned for you, says the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I have plans to give you a future filled with hope. Have you ever heard that verse and thought, wow, is this the hope God was talking about? I have. Asking that question is not wrong when it is from a heart that seeks to understand. You see, we were set up to fail by being raised in a culture where life stories, even those including hard times, are always depicted with fairy tale endings. Every dream realized, every earthly human hope fulfilled. That was not my reality, and perhaps it is not yours as well. What is this hope that God longs to give us? God spoke this promise to Jeremiah in a desolate, desperate place. God's people were captive in Babylon, and God spoke about hope. While God's people were captive, he told them through Jeremiah to be happy, marry, and enjoy life. Really? What did God know that they didn't? Could they have hope when their circumstances were not perfect? The word hope is overused in our culture. We often use the word hope for what would be wonderful, but perhaps highly unlikely to happen, such as, I hope I win the lottery. I hope I find a lost rich uncle who gives me a million dollars. I hope it does not snow anymore this year. Perhaps even the American prosperity dream is what we hope for, or maybe we have simpler hopes. A hope to marry someone who will cherish and love us. A hope that our children won't suffer. A hope that we will not be harmed. A hope that we will be provided for. But the Hebrew word for this word hope in this verse in Jeremiah is kavah, which simply means to wait, eagerly. Boy, that sounds exciting to our flesh, right? Hurry up and wait. Another word for hope used 54 times in the New Testament is elpis. Translated from the Greek is an expectation in a certain outcome, a confidence in an absolutely sure future reality. It is not a fantasy or a pipe dream. It is not just a want either. Because God's hope is certain. Acts 2 verses 26 to 27 uses this word elpis. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue rejoiced. My flesh also will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades or let your Holy One see corruption. Oh, what a hope this is. We who have accepted the gift of God, his mighty salvation offered through Jesus Christ, have a hope right now that nothing can take away. Are you dwelling in hope today, friends? Or have we let the world steal the hope we are supposed to have and fixed our hopes on the uncertain instead? So what is hope really? Is it the absence of troubles? Is it achieving an outcome or our circumstances lining up with our desires? When we go through traumatic events or discouraging seasons, we can find that our hopes can diminish. What is this hope we have? What is it made of? That it can evaporate so quickly and be no more? Is it genuine hope after all? Was God still good when life was bad? Is life bad because we encounter hard times? These are tough questions 
to answer. Some of the hopes I've had before weren't bad hopes. Some were fixed on this world. I had hoped to be a mom and to keep my children safe. I had hoped to home educate my children. I had hoped to raise my children to all have faith in God. I had hoped to be a singer serving in worship ministry. And I had hoped to marry a man who loved God. It seemed like my life was perfect. My hopes were fulfilled. Minus the nagging 20 to 30 pounds that I tell myself I will lose every year. But actually, I'm making progress in that by the grace of God. (laughs) So what is it you have hoped for and why? Let's be real. We have all had a moment in our lives where something we desperately hoped for was crushed before our very eyes. I thought I had a lot of the hopes I yearned for, but life sends us curveballs and a fallen world is not where our hopes should be placed. But it took losing the life I knew for me to find a hope that could not be shaken. Slowly, the hope I thought I had was crushed under the weight of who I thought I was supposed to be as a good Christian woman. I hadn't planned on any of the brokenness that would rock my world and my children's worlds. It was not fair. Perhaps looking at what hope isn't might help us to be able to see more clearly what hope is. Hope isn't an entitlement. Making right choices does not mean I am guaranteed an outcome. That is not hope. Hope isn't a person. No one on this earth can be your hope. They are fallible. Hope isn't an outcome, circumstance, or the absence of troubles. And hope isn't an emotion. At least this is not what I have found the hope to be that God has given us. Though having the biblical hope God provides can bring us incredible joy, far greater than any joy anything on this earth could give us, even in the face of suffering. In a hurting, fallen world, we are called to be people of hope. So what is this hope? Hope is waiting. But this waiting is on one who is dependable, and we are renewed as we trust and wait on him. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And our hope, friends, is simply Christ. He is our hope. As I hunted to restore my hope, I discovered the hope that God has for us, and I call it Hope Reinvented. I found seven key aspects about this hope, and I'm going to share a few of them with you on this episode, and we'll complete the rest of them next week. Number one, Hope Reinvented is anchored in God's Word. Psalm 119 verse 114 says, You are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. Psalm 130 verse 5 says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. This hope reinvented is an anchor cultivated in God's word. It is not just about coping, but about reinventing our personal idea of hope and then navigating disillusionment to find real hope and God's sovereignty, his promises, and his character, all in his word. I spent a lot of my Christian walk treating my time reading the Bible as a duty. I did not realize it was a treasure trove of hope, waiting to be mined. Will you mine that book of hope with me, friends? No, we cannot inherit our salvation by reading the Bible more. The question is, do we see our need of God's word? Do we recognize all the hope it has contained in it for us? Those who know Christ should be in his word 
We need it. It is his directions for us. And it has so much hope in it for us so that we can live this one life well. When life hurts, it is the word of God that speaks to us and reveals this hope. No psychology or well-meaning, positive, fluffy encouragement can do what the word of God does. Now, I have a daughter who majors in psychology, and I can tell you there's wisdom in there to be found. But really, when it is guided by the word of God, that is where our hope is found. Because man fails, and at the end of the day, any advice we could receive, if it isn't advice firmly embedded in the word of God, it will fail as well. God's word is true and contains precious promises we need to hold on to tenaciously when the storms of life crash in. Being in God's word when our hopes are dashed helps us to understand our lives in the context of God's promises. His promises can't fail. So we have a hope that never fails when it is in his word and his promises. God's word reveals the truth in our situation and serves as a compass as we encounter life's struggles. Number two, hope reinvented is set on the grace of God. 1 Peter 1.13 says, Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our hope is fully to be set on this grace, not on temporary gains of this earth. This is hard for us as we live on this earth. We can't make our hope happen. We can't depend on man or circumstances. God's grace is the difference in life's equation of hard facts. Let me say that again. God's grace is the difference in life's equation of hard facts. There can be a whole lot of hard surrounding us, but when we seek God and our hope is fully set on His grace, then we are enabled to walk through whatever this life throws our way. When our circumstances point to an end to our hope, God's grace opens another door. Having our hopes set on the grace of God means that when I just can't hope anymore, I can cry out for God's grace to help me to hold on. It means I cling to His grace and precious promises and lay down my plans instead. Next week, we will continue our quest for this hope reinvented, healing our hearts and hoping again in a hopeless world. Until then, friends, put your hope in Christ. Set your mind and your hope on his word, on his grace. He is enough, and his hope for us far surpasses any other hope. You've been listening to the Seeing Deep podcast where we dive into the word of God for the answers to life's problems.